What is up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. You can catch on, uh, catch up on the latest Cowboys news uh, as well as the Mavericks because, hey, the NBA season heating up. So make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And for those of you who missed last night's show or maybe you want to go over it, we took an in-depth dive into what a Rams-like approach would look like for the Cowboys in 2022. And I also published it as an article over there on the site. So you can check that out over there. And as for the show, make sure that you smash the like button. Remember, that helps us put this Cowboys show in front of more Cowboys fans to grow the community. And also, you can catch the show if you miss it live on the podcast platform. So shout out to the podcast audience as well. What is up, everyone? There is a mock trade that is floating around on social media. And, you know, Cowboys Nation is, how, how can we put it, giving out opinions on this. And the mock trade is by PFF, Pro Football Focus, specifically Brad Spielberger. And he simulated this trade in which the Cowboys sent Amari Cooper to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the compensation for Dallas is the second draft pick from Jacksonville. Keep in mind that since we are talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, we are discussing a high draft pick here. So high in the second round. And then to, you know, complement the second rounder from the Jacksonville Jaguars, PFF is simulating a fifth round draft pick for the Cowboys as well. So the main price, obviously, is the second draft pick in this simulation. And I wanted to get your thoughts right away. But instead of doing it with words, we will do what is one emoji to describe your reaction to PFF's mock trade. Interesting scenario. And more, it's, it's interesting, not only because this is not, like, this is not completely made up. It is obviously made up. Uh, because it's a mock trade. But what I mean by that is we are actually having an Amari Cooper discussion this offseason. We have been involved in it since before the season ended for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a conversation mainly because of the amount of money that Amari Cooper could open up in the salary cap space. Since it is a very team-friendly kind of deal, the one that the Cowboys signed Amari Cooper to, the Cowboys have a lot of flexibility to make some stuff happen and free up space in the salary cap. And according to OverTheCap.com, if it's via trade or a cut, they would open up $16 million in the salary cap. However, although we are having these discussions I like Werner, I like Werner's answer and Bruce got the uses answer, which is just the clown emoji. That is the one that I would go for as well. I don't like the idea of trading Amari Cooper away, even less so if it's for a second round draft pick. Now, I know that the Cowboys paid a higher price 
back in 2018. And some people will say he's older now, uh, so on and so on. However, back then he wasn't signed to the long-term deal that he is today. And back then, honestly, we kind of forget about this. But Amari Cooper researched as a wide receiver in Dallas. People were having doubts about the Raiders' version of Amari Cooper because of the drops, because of not ideal production in Oakland. Back then, they were the Oakland Raiders, of course. And still, the Cowboys paid a first-round draft pick. So I don't like the idea of trading him away, even less so with a second-round draft pick. Uh, Jeff Clark didn't go with an emoji, but he said, no, 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 hell no. And I respect that answer. Uh, Junkstar goes with the shrug. Alex Flores asking, it's a rumor or is it, or if it's true? It is a mock trade. So of course, not real, yet an actual proposal by someone in the media, specifically PFF. Uh, Sugar Daddy Williams says, someone please tell mock to keep his stupid trade B proposals. <laughs> Roy Fletcher with the pissed off emojis, Joey Bella with the question marks and the exclamation marks. They better resign Gallup. Uh, so yeah, money. Oh, Gregory is going with the money emoji. So I would interpret that as a positive, uh, you know, reaction to the mock trade, which I'm impressed by. Uh, thank you, Jeff, by the way, for your comment. I, I really appreciate you and the support to the channel. Look who is back, Stevie Mac. I had not seen you around in the comments. I was starting to get worried. What is up, Stevie Mac? Reminding people to hit the like button if you are watching the show right now. So I don't like I don't like the idea of of trading Amari Cooper away. I really don't. And I know people have complained about his production, about maybe the fact that he's constantly hurt which is something that I always struggled with those complaints. I really don't like complaining about Amari Cooper being hurt because he plays hurt. I would complain if he was missing time, but I actually kind of respect the way that Cooper is able to play through injury most of the time. And I still, I, I, to this day, I'm remembering the final sequence in that Minnesota Vikings game that the Cowboys ended up shocking the Vikings with Cooper Rush on the, on the center, in which we saw in those final sequences of the game, in the final drive, Amari Cooper using any kind of tool to get back in the game. Do you remember when he was kind of, I don't know if, it was, if he was nursing his hamstring or what, but it, it ended up working because he was in there to catch the game-winning touchdown. Hey, that was a fun game, by the way. That really was a fun game. Yet Amari Cooper has been efficient even more so when targeted. And this is what I wanted to get at as well. Do you believe that Cooper's production decline is more about execution or more about the coaching side of things for the Cowboys? Because we've talked about the targets for Amari Cooper. And I have some stats that I wanted to share with you. We have talked about how Kellen Moore... And the way that the offense is run didn't really put Amari Cooper in a similar position than maybe the Packers did with Devontae Adams or the Rams did with Cooper Cup and company. Uh, Ruben Royce, what is up, says coaching without a doubt 
Samuel Rowe also goes with coaching. Cooper's production, does it have to do with the coaching or the execution? Joseph Logan agrees with the coaching as well. Uh, Lumen as well, from a neutral point of view, since he is a Titans fan. Primetime Phil also goes with the coaching. Listen, let me tell you some a, a stat that I was looking at. This stat is from a fantasy football website. So that's why I, I looked it up, but not because of... But it applies to really... Real football. It's not only a fantasy football stat. So Amari Cooper ended the season as a 31st wide receiver with the most targets. 31st in the NFL. That is unjustifiable. Really. You cannot justify the fact that Amari Cooper ended up the 31st player with the most targets in the 2021 season. But then I wanted to really take a look at it in a way that we are maybe most likely to realize how bad it was. And I decided to take a look at average targets per game. The most targeted players in 2021. To give you an idea, the only player that was over 11 was the Rams. Cooper Cup ended up winning Offensive Player of the Year. Big reason why was the fact that he was targeted so much by the LA Rams. But Devante Adams was at 10.6 targets per game. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 10.4 for the Vikings. Keenan Allen, 9.8 for the Chargers. Tyreek Hill, 9.4. Amari Cooper was as low as 6.9. And actually, and this is what blew my mind, Michael Gallup had more targets per game than Amari Cooper. Now, on average, of course, and there, you know, Gallup missed a lot of time. And maybe if he, if he had played a full season, the numbers would be different. But if you take a look at average targets per game, they are both at 6.9. So a very similar number. But Gallup is actually higher than Amari Cooper. One spot higher when looking at the entire NFL pass catching world. CeeDee Lamb was way higher at 7.5, by the way. CeeDee Lamb had only, well, uh, I think it was one game with, or two games with three targets or less. Now, you kind of accept the fact that with three receivers of the caliber of Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb, you kind of accept that, hey, Cooper is not going to get as many targets as he would get being the usual number one wide receiver in most NFL teams because most NFL teams will not have a Michael Gallup and will not have CeeDee Lamb, especially not as non-number one wide receivers. But even still, that number is way too low. You cannot have 6.9 targets per game on average if you are Amari Cooper, in my opinion. You need to be closer to 8 targets per game or 9 targets per game. You know, DJ Moore territory, Antonio Brown territory, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, all of these are players that ranked higher than Amari Cooper in targets per game. So really just some crazy stuff when you take a look at the numbers. Uh, Gallup is a dog, says Samuel Rowe. We really want to, hey, Joseph Logan says we need to sign Gallup. And I agree, I, I would love to see Michael Gallup back. But it goes hand in hand, probably, I, I would guess. 
It's difficult to project, by the way, what Michael Gallup's contract will look like. I was thinking about this this morning, too. Cole Patterson, uh, writer for ADC Sports Dallas, wrote an article about this, by the way. I think it published this morning or, or yesterday, how the Dallas Cowboys can replace Michael Gallup. And he brought this discussion up in which we don't know what kind of contract Michael Gallup can sign. There's the injury, of course, which is a concern itself. But you, we know about the potential of Gallup. We know about it for sure. But we really haven't seen him be the number one wide receiver for the team. That's not like an argument against him. He just has not been in the position to be the number one wide receiver. And I'm not counting those times in which his teammates got injured because one, the sample size would be way too small. And two, it's different to be in, you know, in the middle of a season and you need to step up. It's different from, you know, prepare for a full season as a number one wide receiver. And I wonder if there is a team out there that even though we have not seen him in such a position, are willing to trust him. Because unlike CeeDee Lamp and Amari Cooper, I forgot to, to you know, write this down in my notes actually this morning, but Michael Gallup will spend most of the time lined up wide instead of in the slot. Whereas Amari Cooper will spend more of a 50-50% of the time he will play it in the slot as well. I think that, you know, he obviously ran more routes as the wide out receiver, but he also ran a lot of routes on the slot. And that was not really the case with Michael Gallup. So, so some teams will definitely trust him to be the number one wide receiver. Uh, let's see. Gregory says, I really don't have a problem with the wide receivers. We need to protect Dak. And then Guru brings up the other side of this argument that it's got to be, you know, the Cedric Wilson conversation. I like Cedric Wilson as the third wide receiver slash slot, but not as an outside starter. And that is completely accurate because this Cedric Wilson, of course, number one, I want to, you know, preface this by saying, Here's a crazy stat. Cedric Wilson was the number one wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys in EPA per target, according to Sports Info Solutions. EPA per target, no one ranked higher than Cedric Wilson in the Cowboys. Now, he had 61 targets compared to Amari Cooper, who had 103, for example. So, obviously, that has to do with it. And it also has to do with the fact that Wilson had some insane big plays. A lot of the time, Cedric Wilson was involved in the biggest plays for the Cowboys. There's also this stat that I don't like bringing up a lot because it's kind of a specific stat to Sports Info Solutions, but they call it boom percentage. And the boom percentage are big plays not measured by yards, but those plays that result in a EPA higher than one. Expected points added higher than one. And actually, Cedric Wilson was a top five receiver in this stat in the entire NFL. Obviously, he was, you know, uh, the number one 
wide receiver in that stat within the Cowboys, but he had like a 40% boom rate. So that means 40% of Cedric Wilson's play, like the name is quite obvious. 40% of Cedric Wilson's plays were boom plays, right? Were big plays. And you wonder if he can step up as that slot wide receiver for the Cowboys. That would have to be his role. 55 of his 61 targets where when he was lined in the slot, only 11 of them, I believe, were wide, lined up wide, lined, excuse me, as a wide out receiver. So he would definitely have to beat his lot. And then you would have to trust Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb to do their thing on the outside, right? Uh, show is great. Oh, thank you, Marcus. Thank you. I appreciate it. Lumen says, I would get Antonio Brown. Yup, he is ready for a new era, Brown Town. Hey, you know what? I am past the the Antonio Brown, you know, consideration. I I, I am really past that. Uh, bring back Tavon, says Lumen. <laughs> I'd rather have Cedric over Gallup, says Dallas Junk. All right, value takes a part in that. And I respect that. We just need to be aware that Cedric Wilson will be a slot wide receiver and Michael Gallup is an outside wide receiver. So that is maybe one of the main reasons, one of the main factors to Fisher in this conversation. Last night, we were having some fun speculating on big acquisitions if the Cowboys went all in on the season. And, I, and we were even bringing up names like OBJ. We were bringing up Chris Godwin, who would be, a, of course, another slot kind of wide receiver. But the point to me would be that, first off, the Cowboys should be able to overcome Michael Gallup's absence if he ends up leaving the team. And I don't think that the Cowboys are in a position, however, to really make up for an Amari Cooper absence. I think that we kind of learned the lesson of a committee of wide receivers in 2018, which was ironically the season in which the Cowboys found out mid-season that, hey, we do need a number one receiver. Let's bring in Amari Cooper. And if you let him go, then you are creating a need that will definitely, definitely cause trouble on the offense. Uh, Roy Fletcher says, Coop and City draws the best defensive back coverage and one of those, you know, impacts on offense that you don't see in the stats, of course, but I agree with Roy. Coop will draw coverage for opposing defenses. Guru says, I'm just not confident Gallup is going to be ready and fully healthy by August. Then there's that. And that concern, along with the question mark of, can Michael Gallup be a number one wide receiver for any other NFL team? Those two factors put together bring, bring up the question of, you know what, could we, could the Cowboys maybe end up signing my, uh, Michael Gallup for a cheaper deal than expected? Could Michael Gallup end up signing a one-year deal or a two-year deal? instead of that long-term commitment. And maybe that's the way that he ends up back in Dallas, right? I know we're speculating here, but I'm not sure that we are sure about what the market will look like 
once Michael Gallup becomes a free agent. I think that is a possibility that, you know, the date comes in which Gallup's contract expires. He explores offers. He fields offers while other wide receivers also sign their deals. And we're talking, of course, Chris Godwin here. I'm not including Devontae Adams as a potential free agent because I, I assume that the Packers have enough common sense to franchise tag him. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think there's some contro- uh, controversy going around in the YouTube chat. And I think that it's, you know, being burned out of this comment that says, I would rather trade both Coop and Sick, which is really undoable. I will not, I, I would say undoable because I don't see any team trading for Ezekiel Elliott. Use that money on left guard and center. Draft is loaded with wide receivers and tight ends. I can see why people will would be pro-trading Amari Cooper away. I'm not in favor of it at all, not even close, but I can see the argument behind it. The Ezekiel Elliott thing, though, love the, love the optimism, but we got to be real here. I don't see who makes an offer for Ezekiel Elliott, and we've seen this before across the NFL with different teams. The Rams try to trade away Todd Gurley. They were not successful in it. And a lot of teams have been in this situation in which they are already already regretting that they paid their star running backs and you don't find a way to trade him later. And, you know, other teams, and of course, cutting him, excuse me, is not a possibility for the Cowboys. So expect Ezekiel Elliott to come back in 2022. And not only that, But last night, we were talking about the all-in approach. We were talking about even restructuring Ezekiel Elliott's contract. And hey, Matthew Lennox, ADC Sports Dallas writer, published an article today as well. Cowboys Ezekiel Elliott listed as one of the NFC's top restructure candidates. So get ready for that, even even if you don't agree with it. You know what? We we might be better off getting ready for that. Uh, <laughs> What was the movie in which a character was saying that you cannot be disappointed if you expect nothing? Uh, you know, we will not be disappointed if we are expecting it. Uh, a team that needs to sell jerseys, Detroit, <laughs> says primetime feel. Uh, not even that, I believe. Um, <laughs> Burner account, that is the ultimate question and one that I don't know that anyone will have the answer to. Young uh, Star says... I think we should work Gallup in and out of the first team reps so that we could monitor his health issues to prevent him from his late injuries in the season again. Ah, those, those late season injuries can be, of course, a problem, right? But they're also kind of unpredictable. Like I like the idea of monitoring injuries and all of that. I can tell you that I believe that just about every NFL team is doing a similar thing, right? Let's see. John has a question. Do you think it's possible that the Cowboys trade Cooper for a draft pick? I don't think so. I That that was actually a question that I had for you guys. From 1 to 10, how realistic is trading Amari Cooper to you? From 1 to 10, how realistic would you say that it is? I will say, and I've been on this side of the argument since the offseason began. 
I think that it's not really as likely as many are making it out to be. I might be wrong. Hey, listen, I might be. I will say maybe a four if a team comes out offering a first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper. They might be tempted. So I will say a four. But but I don't I don't see the Cowboys trading away Amari Cooper, and I don't see them releasing him either. I think that you can leave, like you can survive without Michael Gallup. You can even survive without Gallup and without Cedric Wilson. I don't see the Cowboys having a clear option to replace Amari Cooper. I really don't. Might be wrong about this, but I still think that Amari Cooper is better than than his production suggests in 2021. And I think it was mainly a coaching issue, not only because of the targets, by the way. I also think that the Cowboys, and we talked about this during the season, the Cowboys were running a lot of stop routes. Instead of this on-the-move routes in the quick game that you see, for example, from the Green Bay Packers, the Cowboys were insistent in their stop routes, and that is something that hopefully they change in 2022. Stevie Mack goes with a mid-five. Hector says seven. David goes with a three. Joey Bella, minus five. Uh, Lumen, 5.1. Not realistic, says Roy Fletcher. Ryan Doyle says unrealistic trades, LOL. Trade away our expensive garbage to other teams and get back first-round picks. Delusional trades, what team in their right mind is going for that? I will say this, however. I will say this, however. The fact that he's not that expensive, Amari Cooper. If you think about it, he is not that expensive. He is, I mean, he's a $16 million, a $20 million per year player, uh, 22 in the cap number. But you can easily get rid of him at any time. And he is signed for three more seasons. So I actually think that lowers his price tag in the trade market. The fact that he has such a friendly contract. I think his contract makes it even more likely to be traded away. Even though I'm still sticking with my answer. From 1 to 10, I will say a 4. I I would say a, a 4. And I hope, I will be disappointed if the Cowboys end up, you know, letting him go. Sugar Daddy says the market set his salary, which is true, of course. And even still, I'm still surprised. Years later, I'm still surprised that the Cowboys were able to sign him to a a contract that is as friendly. Because even though it is among the highest wide receiver contracts in the NFL, as Guru is pointing out, that is true. But also, you know... He doesn't have a lot of guaranteed salary, which is why it's even a conversation that the Cowboys could move on from him right now. And, you know, there is money that is fully guaranteed, but there is not a lot of dead money involved. And there is a lot of cap savings involved if you move on from him. Um, Going down from 5.1 to 4.9. Thanks, Mauricio, says Lumen. All right. Now, one way that I kind of you know, also concluded that this 
trade is not really that possible, at least from my eyes, is the fact that I thought about it from the Jaguars' perspective. And oh my God, I would love this trade if I was a Jaguars fan. Imagine getting Trevor Lawrence, Amari Cooper for a second round draft pick and a fifth round draft pick. If I was a Jaguars fan, whoo, sank me up for that move. And that is part of the reason why I also think, nah, this ain't happening for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not pulling the trigger on, on a trade like this. But anyways, guys, it is Thursday night. We are 30 minutes into the show. And this is where I will say goodbye. And I hope that you enjoy your weekends. I hope that you have a fun one. Uh, take care, of course. And I will see you as every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central. Remember, I'm your primetime host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Next week will be an exciting week for us at adcsports.com. I'm excited about it. adcsports.com slash Dallas. Uh, thank you, Stevie Mac, for the link. Thank you to Roy, David, Youngstar, all of you guys who tune in every night to ADC Sports Dallas. Make sure that you also check out the website and also shout out to the podcast audience who listen to this show on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you to Joy. Thank you to all of you guys. Uh, hey, I will see you on Sunday night. And still, a lot, of, a lot of, hey, show ideas that I have written down that I want to get to. But even in the offseason, there is just a lot to talk about in, you know, in the Cowboys world. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. See you.